1: Pickett completes a couple of big third down throws. I think probably his biggest throw of his career so far as a pro was that third and nine to Pickens, right? Uh, you're, you're at the 26 yeah. yard line. You're in danger of going three and out again. You're probably going to lose if you punt there. Um, you just can't go three and out again. Uh, and just yeah. big time throw, big time catch, uh, just excellent stuff. I thought that was kind of the play of the game for the Steelers, Kurt got to give kenny pickett some love on the podcast this week he came up huge in that fourth quarter first game winning drive of his career some big time throws we'll be breaking that down here coming up and we'll also be discussing how the steelers gotten that predicament in the first place after leading 16 to 3 at halftime it wasn't all good we'll be getting to all that but first and foremost it's the steelers wire podcast welcome to the show Ryan O'Leary here, joined by Kurt Popejoy. Kurt is the managing editor of USA Today's Steelers Wire. Kurt, how you doing, my man? How was Thanksgiving? I'm doing
0: good. Oh, it was great. It was great. Even when the Steelers aren't playing, you can't beat a day of football like that. So, yeah, it was good.
1: It was good stuff, man. But I live on the East Coast, and Thanksgiving, I realized, I was over at my dad's house for Thanksgiving dinner. He lives kind of up overlooking a river. He has all these windows in his house. So it's all natural light in his house all day. It's pretty cool, but then the sun goes down out here at like four PM local time. Yeah. It's like so the sun's down. I'm like trying to get to the Patriots Vikings game at night. I mean, I'm like, I was dying. I'm like, man, we need we need coffee. We need so it was like spiked uh, apple cider with bourbon is what got yeah. us. there. We needed something right. to get through. Uh, but yeah, man, that was it was a good day. Food, football, family nothing better than that, right? Uh, so, yeah. So good stuff. Let's dive right in. This is almost like a it's almost like a post-game reaction show for us because this is a Monday night Steelers game. We're talking the day after. So we're gonna to react to this game against the Colts a little bit. And right off the jump, Kurt, give me your opening take here. Like, do you credit Kenny Pickett for his first road win and first fourth quarter comeback in his career? Or do you want to blast the Steelers for another, like painfully slow start to the second half that got him in that situation in the first place? Like if I told you which one deserves more merit? Which extreme deserves more merit? Which one would you go with?
0: I mean, I got to give the comeback a little more credit, but I'm not afraid to do a little bit of both. Yep. And there's this, and we this whole coming the out of the yeah. coming out of the locker room and just stinking it has just become too much. You know, this I know Mike Tomlin blames it on that long kick return and momentum and all that sort of thing, but man, it's it's just you know it happens too many games. That they they play strong and then they go into halftime and then they come out flat. So it's it's unfortunate that they put a rookie quarterback in a position where he had to have that fourth quarter come back to win the game. But definitely glad he did it. I mean, I'm been the first one to criticize Pickett, but he uh, he came through. You know, no mistakes, smart football. Um, you know, he he earned that one. He he earned that one.
1: Yeah, and he deserves uh, some flowers for that. We're gonna give it to him. We're gonna break it down. But yeah, that that second half. Let's start there with the with the third quarter. Steelers and this is the second time it's happened, right? Because we could go back to that Cincinnati game too. The Steelers are winning against the Bengals. Come yeah. out in the second half and three straight offensive three and outs, Kurt. Right, <laughs> which, yeah. which which helped the Bengals take the lead. And then you know some stuff happened, like they, it always does with Steelers Bengals. There was an interception by the Steelers and whatever. But the Bengals took the lead and, and didn't look back. In this game against the Colts, the Steelers come out of halftime leading sixteen to three on the road. And as you said, yeah. promptly give up an 89-yard kickoff return to open the second half. and quick touchdown, 16-10. Steelers come out there and go three and out. <laughs> it's like, oh, here we go again, right? You're just thinking it. And how did you think right there? Let's just stop here, Kurt. How would you like the play call to McFarland on third and one on that, on that first three and out there?
0: You know, I don't, I don't have any problem hammering Matt Canada when he, when he calls, you know, poorly timed plays. And he didn't have too many, but that was terrible. I mean that was just a that was a terrible decision. I, I I still don't understand where his head is sometimes on these plays. That was a that was a horrible decision. You know he he's got an athletic quarterback back there. You got a huge tight end. You got a couple of good receivers, and that's your that's your third and one call out of the shotgun. I just yeah, I don't know. He had three or four plays on Monday night that just just made you wonder. You know how, okay, how can you do so well for so long, and then just every once in a while, just feel like you got to throw one of these in there like that. He, he, he's never going to get the fans off his back as long as he's doing stuff like that.
1: No, I, I did not fire up the Steelers Twitter after that play live. I should have because I'm sure it was uh, yeah. it was fiery. So yeah, so it was tough. Yeah, so it's sixteen to ten. Quick three and out. That you know that bad play call. McFarlane out of the shotgun. Third and one doesn't go anywhere. Uh, Steelers punt. And uh, the Colts just marched right down the field, settle for a field goal, thankfully. Wait, no, no, never mind. Steelers offsides, right? Offsides on the yeah. field goal, Kurt. Give the Colts the first down. Then a defensive penalty, which I didn't like that penalty call, but whatever. It was a defensive penalty in the end zone. Gives the Colts the first to goal to one. And then thank God the Colts are the Colts. And kind of a dumpster fire this year, Kurt, uh, because they fumble and exchange at the, goal, uh, at the goal line and really gave the Steelers some life there, right? Because I think if the Colts yeah. punch that in, and now that's fourteen unanswered points in like the blink of an eye. That might be tough for the Steelers to bounce back from at that point. Now it's putting a lot of yeah. pressure on your offense, right? But that was you talk about right. momentum switch. That yeah, the kickoff return to open the second half, big momentum switch. Yeah. But then it changed on that fumble. I mean, thank you Colts. Holy crap!
0: Oh yeah, they got it back right then. If they yeah, I agree with you. If they just scored there, I don't know that Pittsburgh would have had enough in them to 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 you know charge back from that and and get things back on track. I'm a little surprised they did anyway, to be quite honest with you. I, I did not expect, um, I, I I didn't really look for the Steelers. I, I kind of assumed they would just sort of, you know, keep it close right till the end and then kind of go out, you know, quietly, but they, they didn't do it. They, they, uh, they got things back on track, but it typically comes down to the other team makes mistake or the defense steps up and makes a play. You know, that's, that's, how they're going to have to win games. That's just, uh, I mean, you can't, but it's no guarantee. I mean, look at how many times they turned the Bengals over and still couldn't beat them. So there's, there's no, no guarantees that even when, when luck goes your way, that you're going to be able to, to, to parlay it into enough points to beat anybody. But they, luckily they were playing a team that wasn't very good either. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they get that big, they get the fumble recovery there. Thankfully at the goal line. (laughs) Uh, and, you know, that was big. The offense doesn't go anywhere, though. They go three and out again. Uh, P- uh, Harvin botches the punt, right? Horrible punt. Yeah. So the Colts get the ball back at their own 45, r- drive right down and, and take the lead. So uh, now it's 17-16 Colts. And before we get to the good stuff with Pickett and the drive that followed, Kurt, I mean, wow. <laughs> we can, we have to spend some time on, on that sequence, right? Two straight three and outs, some luck at the goal line, uh, the big kickoff return, you know, just not not good football. <laughs> the Steelers not good football yeah. when you had a team on the ropes going into that second half. Just play like decent football, and we don't even have uh, a tight fourth quarter, right? Uh, so you yeah. got you got to give the team some crap for giving up those those fourteen points in the third quarter. That was brutal.
0: They, well, they I don't think they know what to do with success. I I, I really don't think they understand. How to how to you know finish? I do you know I, it's just it's scary sometimes to think how much talent's on this team, and how many things have to line up and go their way to win a football game. You know, I, you watch other teams play, you watch the good teams in the NFL play, and they make their own luck. You know, they don't they don't count on you know, what the other team does wrong for them to be successful. And I think that's kind of what you saw with Pittsburgh on Monday night was they, they had to wait for the Colts to make mistakes so they could wow. capitalize on them. they weren't going to create their own mistakes. You know, they weren't going to create their own luck at that point. And it's, it's tough. You know, you, you don't know where to point a finger in something like that. I mean, easy question, easy point to say, come back. Oh, Mike Tomlin just doesn't have his team prepared or, you know, this and this. and, you know, you got young guys on the team and that figures into it too. But, uh, I, I'm still just kind of baffled at how, y- you know, it's like they're good for three or four really bad plays and three or four really good plays every game, and you just hope that the the really good ones are enough to get them past the really bad ones. And that's it, it's a stressful way to be a fan when you when you root for a team that relies on that kind of a situation week after week.
1: Steelers are now down by a point, and now for the good stuff, Kurt. Right, let's get to the good. Uh, yeah, Because I think Kenny Pickett deserves big-time props for the go-ahead drive that followed, right? 11 plays, 75 yards, had to have it. The Steelers, again, had gone three and out, back-to-back drives. The Colts were just all over them in that third quarter. Pickett completes a couple of big third-down throws. I think probably his biggest throw of his career so far as a pro was that third and nine to Pickens, right? Uh, you're, you're at the 26-yard yeah. line. You're in danger of going three and out again. You're probably going to lose if you punt there. Um, you just can't go three and out again, uh, and just yeah. big time throw, big time catch, uh, just excellent stuff. I thought that was kind of the play of the game for the Steelers, Kurt.
0: Yeah, I think so. That and the 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 long pass to Pickens, yes, I think that that was, that was a big confidence boost. Um, but yeah, I think that, and you know, that was another one of those plays that that third down conversion was so big because you can tell that Pickett's got confidence in his receiver, you know when you can start putting those balls kind of out of the way and low and, and know that they're going to get to them and things like that. I mean, that makes a, that's a, that's a sign of a maturing quarterback. And I think Mike Tomlin, you know, he said it pretty well after the, after the the game was over in his post game press conference, because one of the first questions he gets asked every week is how do you evaluate Kenny Pickett's performance this week? And he says the same thing every week. He's getting better. He's getting better in all phases. And he, you could tell he was a little annoyed by it this week that he said, you know, and you guys ask me this every week, but he continues to improve in all areas. He goes, I'll tell you right now, when you ask me next week, I'm going to say he improved in all areas because that's, that's what he's doing. And I think that what you're seeing is, is that in spite of, well, at least what you saw last night was, in spite of the fact that I don't think the coaches have given him a full, a full playbook to work with he found a way to make some plays and he was very confident and he was very calm. And that's, that's, you know, I, I literally sometimes when you watch rookie quarterbacks play and you see how bad they can play, you know, you you saw Justin Fields as a rookie and you see Trey Lance as a rookie and some of these other guys that a lot of fans like to point to and go, man, if the Steelers would have drafted them instead or them instead. And I see Kenny Pickett as far more poised as a rookie than a lot of those guys were in their first few starts. And so I I think he really he really showed some things on on Monday that honestly, I like I said, you watch him and you kind of forget that he's only got eight starts in, in the league at this point.
1: Yeah, he's always had that that thing, that confidence thing, right, where he goes yeah. out there and he just it doesn't feel like it's too big for him now. He hasn't been perfect, as you pointed out on Steelers wire. Right. And there's nothing yeah. like spectacular, spectacular, yeah. Kurt or flashy about what he's doing out there. But he's yeah. just a gamer. He's just gritty. And, and he did it again on that third and six to Friar Muth. That got him inside the, yeah. the 10, right? Just a big play because he, you don't want to kick a field goal there, right? You well, Get the touchdown. That was big. And he, he threw – and, you know,
0: I, I have to give him credit for one thing that over the last few games, his arm is better than I gave him credit for coming out of college. That that two-point conversion throw was was a dart. I mean, that's, that's a throw that's that a, a lot a of guys play. don't, don't, yeah, yeah. they just, do, guys just don't have the confidence to think they can put that throw in there. And I, I got to give him credit. I mean, I, I never really saw him as like a high velocity, you know, those are the throws you see Justin Herbert make and, you know, people like that. Um, But he, he showed me some stuff last night, you know, he made some throws where he had to really put some heat on it and, when you've got big targets like Pat Fryermuth and George Pickens, I mean, you know, those guys are built to handle that kind of thing. You know, you see, you see Pat Mahomes do that with Travis Kelsey. Sometimes he puts that ball in there so hard that there isn't anybody going to catch it but him.
1: And and it's good to see that Pickett's got a little bit of that little little more lively arm, maybe that I gave him credit for. So yeah, Kurt, just wait till they make him take off the glove. How much velocity will be? Yeah. That ball? you know what I mean. Oh my god! But man. But man he just uh, yeah, that throw, that two point conversion throw. I mean, talk about anticipation, putting it at a tight window, like freezing the defender. Like I don't think the defender thought he would yeah. make that throw. That thing was that was that was yeah. a really cool play. Uh, so yeah, that was all big time stuff to to take the touchdown lead and the Steelers hold. And again, like thank God we were playing the Colts, who <laughs> yeah. who who had a terrible turnover at the goal line. Uh, did give they gave the Steelers an extra fifteen yards too on that on that go ahead drive by hitting uh picket late. So we'll take the 15. That's right. Thank you. And then yep. Jeff Saturday just completely had no idea how to manage the end of the game. Yeah. So that was awesome, that's, too. That's like, what
0: thank I you. <laughs> I tweeted out that he coached that last drive like a studio analyst. I mean, yeah, yeah, he just, exactly he had no idea what more, he was doing. Steelers was assistant? Strangest. I don't know what
1: he was doing. Yeah. Oh uh, my gosh. Thank that you.
0: was the strangest.
1: <laughs> thank you, Jeff, for that. That was hilarious. What the hell are you doing, man? So yeah, so th- all of that came together for the Steelers. But again, Pickett deserves his flowers, right? This is why you drafted him uh, exactly. in the first round. Uh But all that being said, Kurt they do need to figure out why they're sleepwalking out of the locker room, right? What do you think of uh, Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. right? We mentioned him. Really didn't – he really didn't hold back, right? He's been blasting Matt no. Canada. I'm sure a lot of Steelers fans uh, agree with him. Uh, and is it the play calling? What is it? Why are the Steelers coming out of halftime mm-hmm. so sleepy and uh, playing horrible in the third quarter of these games?
0: Yeah, I, you know, and if you're a Steelers fan and you're not, you're not watching Ben's podcast, I'll tell you what, I think he's been waiting a long time <laughs> to be able, able to speak yeah. freely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's been he's been I think he's been wanting to do this for a while. But uh yeah, he he's been just dying for the opportunity to be a little more critical. You know, he was the most politically correct guy in the world when it came to post game interviews. So uh I you know I think he tolerated Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. Um and now he's he's got the freedom to uh you know, really speak his mind. And he, you know, I, I, I tend to agree that I think that, that they, when they come out of the the locker room, especially when they come out of the locker room and have a lead, I think that the other teams are coming out and they just don't match that intensity. It used to be, that was the start of games for Pittsburgh. At the first of the year, they would come out flat at the start of games. You know, they had a long stretch there where they didn't score on their opening drive. Um, several games and so now you've seen them kind of shake that off and they're scripting out those opening drives a little better but now you're seeing it come after halftime that they're coming out a little bit flat now that play on that kickoff I mean I I will concede that it did impact momentum but I think you know you were the the coverage teams were playing pretty short-handed and I, I acknowledge that that they were missing some key players but the Steelers have been the worst coverage team in the NFL all season, so I mean, you hold your breath on every kick, waiting for something like that to happen. And I'm sure that's tough on, on, on the defense and the offense to see the the coverage guys go out there and give one up like that. No man, we're going to be right back out there because they're going to score. Yep. Um, but they just—it it seems that the units really <clears throat> almost kind of feed off one another. I mean, I I would hate to be the defense. And know that you're barely going to have time to get a drink of water before you got to go back on the field. You know, the, the defense holds, they jog off the field and, you know, a minute later they're back on the field again because the offense went three and out. I don't care how how conditioned you are. I don't care how uh, disciplined you are. That wears on you physically and it wears on you emotionally and I Honestly, I I still don't understand why the Colts didn't just pound the football at Pittsburgh in the second half more than they did. I think when they had them, when they had a little momentum, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that that the Colts didn't just come out and just keep running the ball and running the ball because the defense wasn't getting a break. And so I think Pittsburgh caught a little bit of a of a of some good fortune when it came to that. So they they've got to figure out a way to match that intensity coming out of the locker room especially when they had the ball you know. this time they had to go out and play defense, but what it's so frustrating when they, when they come out with the ball first in the second half and go three and out, because that's just as easy to script as it is that opening drive. And so it's, yeah, I, I don't think there's any, uh, any easy solution or any, any easy answer to, to why they're struggling like that. But, you know, at, at this point, the season, you know, big picture, this season really doesn't mean a whole lot. So they've got plenty of opportunities to try to figure it out.
1: Yeah, they just, I guess they just need that killer instinct or something, Kurt, right? They just need to yeah, go out there yeah. and be like, we got these guys on the ropes 16 to 3. We're the better team. Let's yeah. go knock them out. <laughs> Instead, you're down by yeah. a point in the fourth quarter. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the kick return, you could see how pissed Tomlin was immediately on the sideline. He was, oh, he yeah. was livid with that. But I do agree with you on the Colts, too. Like, man, every time Matt Ryan dropped back to throw in the second half, I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, thank you. Like, well, thanks, and, Colts.
0: And he did better. I mean, throw into that Jelani Woods. They figured out that was the trick. I yep, mean, it, yep. Pittsburgh's never been able to cover a big tight end, so I mean, they they got that sorted. Of, but the, even in the first half, why they weren't running the ball more? I mean, they had zero yards in the first quarter. Yeah. You know, seventy-one yards at halftime, and and they just drop back and pass, drop back and pass, drop back and pass. I I didn't make any sense to me. But again, I talked to our Coltswire editor Kevin about this, and. You know, I think as a whole, the fan base is just flabbergasted that that they, you know, that Jeff Saturday's their head coach. I mean, I just think I I don't think that anybody understands what what the plan is. So,
1: yeah, if if you weren't confused about Jeff Saturday being the coach, you are now after the end of that game. (laughs) Holy crap, Jeff Saturday! Wow. Okay, so the Steelers they get to four and seven. Uh, so not out of it yet. Mathematically, still alive, Kurt. We'll talk playoffs Ryan, I right I don't know if you want to do that but we got the Falcons another winnable game at least according to the point spread we'll talk about that here coming up next but first let's get some fantasy advice from the huddle.com this is the typical sports book fantasy
0: minute let's make this interesting Interesting.
2: Corey Benini here with the huddle.com to bring you strong plays for week number 13 quarterback Mike White at Minnesota Vikings. White took over for Zach Wilson last week and proved to be the right decision with 315 yards and three touchdown strikes. On the year, Minnesota ranks as the fourth weakest defense versus quarterbacks, and six managed 23 plus fantasy points against Minnesota. Five quarterbacks have thrown multiple touchdown passes versus this defense, and they've all come in the last six weeks. As the Jets look to keep pace, White likely will be asked to throw all day long in this one. Seattle Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker at Los Angeles Rams. Walker's two touchdown showing versus the Raiders was overshadowed by a career day from Josh Jacobs. The rookie back has averaged fewer than two yards per carry in consecutive games, however. Against the Rams, running backs have averaged the eighth fewest rushing yards per game, but the eighth highest scoring frequency on the ground since week seven. Don't be scared off by the name value of the Rams defense. It's a stellar matchup for aerial success, too, which ups Walker's value. Value just a nudge. New England Patriots wide receiver Jacoby Myers versus the Buffalo Bills. Myers has no more than 62 yards in any of the last six contests, and he hasn't scored in three straight. Mr. Consistent has exactly 9.2 or 9.4 PPR points in three straight games, though. That's a pretty nice floor. Buffalo has given up huge numbers to the position of late, and we've seen seven wideouts go for double-digit PPR returns since week seven. All but one were good for 16-plus PPR points, and this matchup is 47% better than average over the last three games. Myers should be a strong, PPR wide receiver 3. Los Angeles Chargers tight end Gerald Everett versus the Las Vegas Raiders. After missing a week with a groin injury, Everett returned to catch all four of his targets, but he managed a laughable 18 total yards. He hasn't scored in six straight games, but is a pretty good play against a Raiders defense that has given up neutral stats for receptions and yardage in the last five weeks. On the year, this is a top seven matchup in PPR scoring, and Everett contributed three catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown in the week one contest. And that's the aim here. Gamble on him for a touchdown. He's a pretty decent play overall. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out The Huddle. Dot .com That
0: was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Tipico Sportsbook. For a
2: limited time, new Tipico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at
0: usatodaybet.com/podcast. That's usatodaybet.com/podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 800-522-4700
2: in Colorado.
1: All right, Kurt, the uh, Steelers, uh, as I mentioned, 4-7. and seven. The last team in right now in the AFC playoff picture is the 7-4 and four Jets. So the Steelers are three games out of the final wildcard spot with six remaining. Kind of feels like that's a pipe dream <laughs> getting back into the playoff. Yeah, picture, huh? I don't think it's happening. Uh, but, you know, you, you probably have to win out almost. Can't, can't lose many more games. Say, so it starts here yeah. with a road game against the 5-7 and seven Falcons, who are who have actually been decent at home. They're 4-2 and two at home this year. Uh, but the Steelers right now, on Tipico, which is where we get our odds uh, for the show, they're only half-game underdogs as we speak, heading to Atlanta. Or, ha- sorry, half-point underdogs, I should say, heading to Atlanta. Uh, now... Looking around at other sports book, the Steelers are actually favorites in, in other books. I've seen them a favorite of, of a point, maybe a point and a half at other books, Kurt. But they're a half point underdog, so basically a pick'em on the typical sports book as we speak. What's your gut telling you about this matchup?
0: Well, I like it, except for the fact that I think that the the Falcons, you know, the Marcus Mariota, that that athletic piece to his game is is what worries me. Yeah. Um, I admit I haven't watched a ton of Atlanta play this year, but i I have watched quite a bit of highlights in that, and I think they're they've been really smart with how they use him um you know I think that they've they've kind of got a a pretty good little system in place you know Mariota was a guy that a lot of Steelers fans wanted brought in instead of mitch Trubisky. um you know they they felt like he would be a good bridge and uh you know he's playing a lot better than um than Trubisky did. Now I'll take that for what it's worth, but yeah, I I, I like the Steelers to win this game. Um, I think their defense is really coming into its own. I think that they're making just enough plays when they can play as well as they did last night. And TJ Watt not really show up in the box score at all. Um, that's that means a lot, you know. As far as you know, Alex Highsmith had opportunities and he took advantage of them. Um, guys in the secondary making plays. Um, you know, I, I like, I like Pittsburgh, um, to win this game. But again, it's sort of like I said with, with the Colts. I liked Pittsburgh to beat the Colts, but it's still not beating a good team. You know, they're, they're very comparable teams. Um, Atlanta at home, like you said, they're four and two at home. They've been, been a little better there. I think a lot of it's going to have to do with, the fact that Pittsburgh's coming in on a short week, they got sev- they've got several guys that are injured. Um, I think the availability of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are going to really impact this game. I don't I don't expect lightning in a bottle twice out of Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland necessarily. Um, so if those guys can't go, if Warren or Harris can't go. That, that change, I think that will change a lot about what Pittsburgh is going to want to do on offense. And so that's going to be tough. And I think when you, like I said, when you figure in Mariota's ability to run the football, that always worries me a little bit. You know, I watched Joe Burrow run all over him. And so when, you know, and Josh Allen and guys like that. So that, that always worries me a little bit because you, you got to be a pretty disciplined football team, disciplined defense to, to deal with a guy who can tuck it and run like that. And the Pittsburgh defense are as good as they are. They show some lapses in, in concentration and, and, you know, fundamental football. And so that, that does worry me a little bit, you know, I, I like it. I like the number. I think that it's going to change pretty quickly. I think that you'll see, you know, kind of like last week, the Steelers went from being underdogs to to favorites over the course of the week. And I could, I could definitely see it going the other way in, in this game depending on how the injuries, because TJ Watts, a little dinged up, um, Fitzpatrick. You know, the, the, there are several guys that Mike Tallman kind of played down today when he talked about injury situations that uh, with a with one less day to prepare, you always worry a little more about.
1: It's it's a fair take about the mobile quarterback, right? Because well, the the Steelers beat the Saints with Andy Dalton, not very mobile. They beat they just beat the Colts. Yep. Matt Ryan can't move. Uh, they beat the Buccaneers. Yep. Tom Brady can't move, right? But they yep. lost to Jalen Hurts. Lost to Tua. L- lost yeah. recently to, um, as you said, Burrow. He's he's pretty mobile. They lost Burrow. to Josh Allen. Even Zach Wilson yep. with the Jets, he can move. Yeah. So it's it's a fair. And point. he did. I mean, he yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I, I think that's a real problem for him. That's that's going to be that's going to be something they're going to have to have to game plan for better than they have so far this year.
1: Yeah. No. So that's something to watch. The mobility of of Marcus Mariota. I mean, that's they really use him in the run game. It's really a, a run first team with the Falcons. Right. Mm-hmm. They're they're not going to try to throw it all over you. Uh, now, the, are the Steelers going to be a run, a run first team? As you kind of mentioned there, uh, Kurt, they they rushed it with after Najee Harris went out, and obviously Jalen Warren was uh, out for this game, all you know altogether. They still rushed it 38 times for 172 yards and two touchdowns in this game with uh, Benny Snell and McFarland. Right, so they definitely stayed yeah, committed I, to the run in this one. Will they? Will that continue? That's that's an interesting game plan note, right? Because it kind of worked. Uh, Pickett was very efficient in this game. What was 20 of 28, I believe. So the running for the you know the yeah. run game helped Pickett and vice versa and and on all that. So can they keep that going? That'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, and and are they going to let? And is Pickett going to run? You know, the, last week um, he really didn't break contain. They didn't call any any draws or anything. This week they did. He did a lot better. Two weeks ago did the same thing. So I I think him his ability to run and and Tomlin's willingness to let him run is going to have a big impact on this because Tomlin has said. They ideally they want to minimize those opportunities due to injury risk. See, he is he's come out and said that that he's he's not comfortable designing a whole lot of runs for Kenny Pickett um, just due to the the wear and tear. And so, but it, it's pretty clear that when he runs the football, um, he throws fewer interceptions and the offense runs better. So I think I think they have to give him a chance again.
1: It'll be interesting. This is kind of like I said, kind of a coin flip kind of game. You look around. <clears throat> Yeah. Very close spreads all around different sports books. Again, Tipico has this basically as a pick'em. Steelers are half point yeah. underdogs. Could change, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, what's What's up on Steelers wire from now till kickoff, Kurt? Just more previews for this game. You working on anything? Uh, anything fun?
0: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start hitting the 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 pregame stuff pretty hard. You know, that just just getting rested up from yesterday. So, gonna be a lot of a lot of breakdowns. I'm gonna do some matchup stuff. Try to figure out how the Steelers are gonna slow down Cordell Patterson. Yep. Um, you know, is is this the the week that that Pitt blows up because Pittsburgh can't defend a tight end? You know, where 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 are we going to be in these matchups? Because I think that's kind of where we see, you know, the Steelers struggle is these individual matchups. That that's what that's what I want to look at this week. We're going to dig into that a little bit. Keep an eye on the injury reports as always. Um, figure out who's playing, who's not.
1: Well, for Kurt Popejoy, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us this week. As always, make sure you check it out, Steelers Wire. We appreciate the support. We'll catch you next week.